Even if you did capture the Avatar, it would not solve our problems. You must never give in to despair. Allow yourself to slip down that road, and you surrender to your lowest instincts. This is Uncle Iroh from Avatar: The Last Airbender. You are listening to a special presentation from Steambox: The Joyful Rebellion. In the darkest times, hope is something you give yourself. Hey, this is Roberto. You are back with a bonus episode of bonus content. Bonus for Joyful Rebellion. Uh, we had on the last episode, we had Coco, Kimberly Campbell, Ms. Petit New England, and State Rep Enrique Sanchez. I had to do a bonus episode because I need more information. Enrique Sanchez, what's one thing, especially if it's related to education, but what's like the most, what's the, the one biggest thing? Um, if you could, that you're working as a state rep that's on your agenda right now? Like, what's what's the most important thing to you as a state rep in Rhode Island? So I've put in a, a number of bills, twenty over 25 bills. Uh, but right now, the big task, and, and unfortunately, it's gotten to this point, is addressing the housing crisis. Uh, the housing, so I put in a lot of bills with other colleagues as well um, to make sure that we're putting in bills that are going to... Uh, bring in more money for affordable housing, low-income housing, and it's not expensive, okay? That, that's that's what my task right now is, all, all those, the, house, the housing crisis. And making sure also that people have, um, you know, I'm in this to not be greedy. I'm in this because I don't care, like, in my career or whatever. I'm, I'm outspoken, so I'm not going to get far in life, like, titles and stuff. I'm in this because I want to make sure that you guys also have opportunities to go into positions you know politics whatever if that's if you choose to if you don't want to that's fine but but because that field has been dominated by a group of people mostly older white men it used to be that way here too and then uh and and then it's we had a latino surge in politics here good friend of mine uh jessica vega was uh and so very recently the the city council president uh they've got a puerto rican mayor it's amazing what's happening in this city and for some of those reasons it's very different from other cities. We also talked about how the city is more homogenous. Providence is not like this. In Providence, when you're saying I want to do for the students, I'm going to challenge you on that. Because in Providence, the students do not want police in school. Younger students do. And I've also noticed that the police go to younger schools, to elementary schools, and literally give them toys and let them play with the horse. And of course, the seven-year-old is like, I love the cops. I want the cops around. The, the high schoolers, overwhelmingly, and, and I know this because not only do I work with them, but my network of other youth organizations, they do not want police in schools. I know that one of your peers, Nathan Bia, who also works in a school. I oppose that bill. You oppose the bill. You do not want SROs in school. I don't believe I mean, I would say that you shouldn't if we're saying we want to represent the youth. And the youth in Providence, not Central Falls, very different here in Central Falls, but the youth in Providence have spoken overwhelmingly against police officers in school. And I also got to say, the person who runs SROs, and I shouldn't say this on a podcast, uh, the person who runs SROs is a scumbag who gave me a really hard time a long time ago in really uh, in really shitty ways that cops do to people of color. Um, SRO officers in schools um, are not, in my opinion, aren't important or not necessary because our youth do not need to feel like they're being militarized or being in a, in a militarized setting or police in a police setting. 
because of the structures of power, like racism, institutional racism, poverty. You guys don't need to feel like you guys are going to be arrested because something happens. I understand. Fights happen. I've seen at Central High School a lot of fights. There has to be some sort of uh, uh, civil obedience, right, or some sort of discipline, right? But I believe in mental health workers, mental health uh, uh, people, specialists who can be in these schools uh, or prevent also uh, fights, prevent also... Uh, you know, big couples, but they're, I don't think SR officers are needed in school because it, it's, it, it's not good. It's not good for our, our youth to be. Thank you so much. This was agenda point one for our bonus episode, but you're starting to transition into my, uh, into my agenda point three for this bonus episode. So I'm going to circle back to what we were just talking about in just a moment. Um, but back to, uh, back to Kimberly Campbell. Um, hi. I'm hoping that you can help with this because I want to share. I want to share that that I very early again. It was Moses Brown. It was it was elementary school. Uh, I was very like if something was missing, and then at St. Paul's. Let, let me use that as an example because now I'm seventh grade, eighth grade. I don't know. St. Paul's is Catholic school. It's in Cranston. It's very near the border of Providence on Broad Street. And um, if anything bad happens, it was me. Because I'm the Puerto Rican, right? Because I'm the Puerto Rican, which is interesting because to other Latinos, I'm too light-skinned. And, but to white people, it's like, no, 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 no. He's Puerto Rican. He's not one of us. That kind of thing. So somebody, uh, somebody threw wet paper towels or TP to car. And it, it was just me. I was assigned to blame. And it was very clearly like my whole, from, from the two previous schools, I was definitely made to feel like if anything happens, it it was definitely me. And the way that it impacted me has the kind of trauma that I carry around today because today I look at life through that lens. I look at life through the, we don't have equity. We don't have equality. I'm not judged the same way that other people are judged. I'm going to be judged differently, especially when I'm in those white places. And when the last boss of an organization I worked for said that I could never be director of an organization like that. That's when I started this. That's a much healthier way of me dealing with that shit is me being like, okay, yes, I can. But as a kid, I couldn't deal with things that way. As a kid, that traumatized me, that harmed me, that really made me feel bad about myself. Have you guys ever had a day that school has really made you feel bad about yourself in any way to such a dark, like to a really dark place where you're like, at the end of the day, you're like, as emo as like, as like, like emergency level emo. You're saying yes? Can you give me an example? Uh, so, uh, I forget how long ago it was, but uh, a while back on the podcast, I talked about how uh, during COVID times that me and friends were like very depressed. But what I never mentioned was during that time, I had attempted to off myself. And I obviously I'm better now, I guess. Uh, but I'm like now, uh, if you don't understand, it's fine. But I have passive suicidal ideology. And it's the thinking of if something that would take your life away happens, I wouldn't do anything to stop it. Because I'm not going to actively take my own life. But if something else starts to happen to take it, I wouldn't do anything about it. If your life is on the line, that's an okay thing with you. It's like yeah. a... 
what is what is it what does that mean what does that what does that say to you so it says to me that there needs to be more mentors in your like your field or someone that you can actually turn to because we are seeing the signs of it and with the recent pandemic it really exasperated everything and just having like a safe part person to turn to because I would ask you like is there anyone in your life right now that you would trust that you could turn to all right school this is I trust them but I don't trust that closely this is uh three separate podcasts that you really opened up in a really big way so I just want to say that I really appreciate it I haven't known you for a long time so I'm so happy that you feel comfortable enough to come in here and share on that level. And I'm hoping, and it doesn't have to be me because I'm goofy and I'm the last person that anybody should look up to in any way. But I'm hoping that I'm hoping that we can really get you some connections. We can really build some connections. I know there's somebody else in this room who's right now being like, I'm a state rep, hit me up. I got your back. I'm pretty sure she's right behind me. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, yeah. like that. I also want to point out that, uh, but Rebecca, can I just, Rebecca, yeah. Rebecca, guys, I'm just going to say this, okay? Cause I, cause I, I'm very observant and I also like to give credit to people. A lot of people don't like to give credit to people. I like to give credit and uplift people. Roberto is doing one of the most important things right now that anyone can be doing. You have people out there getting rich, screwing people over, doing bad stuff. And Mr. Roberto Gonzalez has here a program, an opportunity, a podcast to bring youth, to uplift youth and to be there and deliver and be there doing the most important thing the Lord's work, like literally being there for you guys, because not a lot of adults give back and we need to, and more of us need to give back to our youth in order to improve the, the, the socioeconomic conditions of our, of our generations. Sometimes, sometimes people don't, sometimes people don't know their value or feel their value in a moment. And I know that whether or not we're going to share a story or anything like that, I know that you can all think of a moment where you didn't feel valuable, where you felt the opposite of valuable, where you felt like you were a burden on the world. And what I'm telling you is that those moments pass. Uh, I know everybody talks about how things get better, but they do. And if you can't access Enrique uh, Sanchez and you don't have access to Enrique Sanchez or a Miss Petite New England or uh, a Steambox, um, one, of, one of the people who just left this room uh, gave me a really beautiful soundbite because on Joyful Rebellion recently, they were in tears talking about how this group is their wellness space. So I want to say, because not everybody who listens to us, we have mad people listening from Ireland. I still don't understand it, but whatever. Um, we got people from around the world who don't have access to Steambox every day or can't reach, you know, Enrique that easily because they're in a different time zone. So I, I do want to point out that Miss Petite New England, uh, Coco Kimberly Campbell, put out some cards that not only say that you can call or text the number 988, but also you can chat with somebody in any of these moments using 988lifeline.org. I think that their time is probably valuable and used on people who really need it. So please don't call them for tips on how to get by the next level of Mario or Fortnite or whatever. Uh, but if you're in that space, that's probably a good place to reach out to. Does anybody else have a moment that school has or school or something school related has devastated them feels like a weird exercise that i'm going around being like tell me about when you were devastated 
Bro. Bro, half thing. He's actually recalling. Yeah. A moment that school has left you devastated. Go ahead. That's why you're an overachiever. Thank you. You're saving the day. Um, Last year, yeah, at the end of the school year, I had, so during COVID, my grades were like really underperforming. It was a really hard time for me because it just didn't work for me. I didn't have any social interaction and the way the teachers taught was really bad. But after that, the, the year after, it was 11th grade. I was proud of how I'd done during the year. Like I, I had like 90s and everything. And then I had a C in one class, like for the final average. But then my parents, when I showed up to them, were still upset with me and decided to punish me for like two months or some summer. Yeah. Sorry, summer. And so the, I was like, I did all that hard work. I didn't even feel like... Um, rewarded for it. It's like I still didn't do enough. So that was just really hard. Our parents is crazy. <laughs> Speaking of your parents, he said our parents are crazy. Uh, if Obviously, they're brothers. So, Noah, do you guys have the same standards? If, if you brought home the same report card as each other, is one of you held to a higher standard than the other? You both held... Actually, I feel like it got swapped. Back like elementary, middle school, Noah had a higher standard. So he would be held to having higher grades. I like almost flunked everything. But now that high school happened, that he had that dark time where he didn't really do his work online, teachers weren't teaching. And I was actually bringing my grades up and I became a first honors kid and all of that. It swapped. Now Noah used to be the kid that always had the good grades. And now that he uh, had a, some bad grades, his, the parent, our parents just flipped it like oh my god what I what am I gonna do with this kid and now I was being held to higher standards because I have to do better because he's the older one this transitions me to our this transitions me to our third point where um when when my family when my family split up when um me and my son's mom had uh separated living arrangements because we'd been separate forever like I was just trying to live together so that we can co-parent but when that became really, really difficult, I was really worried about my son. So I really threw a lot of my expectations and stuff out the window. All I care about is that he's okay. Like that's that's all I all I give a shit about is that he like wants to see tomorrow. And if he wants to see tomorrow, then that's good enough. Some of you went to see Spider-Verse with me this weekend. First of all, it was the dopest movie ever. Uh I get Puerto Rican Sp- I get Puerto Rican Spider-Man. Why are you booing it? Tell tell him tell him why you're mad. Uh, to be continued, three words. Uh, the movie did leave in a cliffhanger, uh, and it left some people wanting more. But did anybody else notice people around us were vaping? Is that it? Sure. Right. What else? Playing music. Vaping, talking, playing music. I knew one of the kids standing up like a whole bunch of times. Yeah, getting up and and. Dragging people around. Um, it was, I, I'll tell you, I saw it. So I've seen the movie twice already. I saw it, um, I saw it in, in, uh, in East Providence. East Providence is also, it's not a white community. It's still, you know what I mean? It's still a diverse community like Providence, but the systems and structures are different. And it really made me think, it really made me think a lot about why I moved to East Providence because that same son, I moved to East Providence when he was of school age. 
because working in Providence schools, I said, hell no. And I know I felt like a hypocrite. I know I felt like a sellout, but dead ass, Providence schools weren't good enough. And if I could make a change in those Providence schools, I'd be happy to make a change so that it's, it is good enough, but it's not even close. I said, I have to move. I'm taking him to East Providence. So we moved to East Providence. So here I am in the movies with people smoking in front of us, with people having loud ass conversations in front of us, with people playing music in front of us, a very different experience from East Providence, but the demographics weren't different. Like we looked like the same people, but we acted like very different people. And what it really made me think about is why I do what I do, right? Like, is there value in what I do if, if I'm going into the schools and I'm working against a PPSD system that's so broken, would you agree that PPSD, the school department is as bad as that report was, right? Like it's, but that's, but that's the thing, Roberto. Um, like I see it too. I, and I, I go to the movies, I go to Providence, I go to Providence place. Well, I watch movies, IMAX sometimes, whatever. I hang out sometimes over there. Right. And yes, there's this generalization around behavioral in our communities. But I don't blame it all on like just the choices of individuals. I blame it on a system that has kept people living in low income or poverty conditions. And, and we, and like, it's just like, that's what we need to address. Like making sure that everyone has an opportunity, whether it's not just going to school, going to school and becoming successful, but also an opportunity at economic, uh, economic, um, accessibility and also economic uh, flourishment. And you guys all deserve that one way or the other. And for a long time, that's not been happening for our community. One, 100%, especially in Providence. And the last thing that I'm trying to say, the, the furthest thing from what I'm trying to say is that, is that you, you shouldn't go to Providence or Providence is whack or Providence is a bad place. I'm not saying any of that. But what I'm saying is I directly attribute a lot of the behaviors from the young people that I experienced this week to a lot of the culture that we are teaching them in schools. Don't forget, it's the same community where I've seen enough teachers with regularity use N-words for kids and stuff like that. Like that's the kind of, that's the product that we're getting out of those schools. So my question is, my question is because I, I was having a conversation with Angela today and, and I said, here I am going to another conference. I'm going to another conference about how we fix schools. I have that shit all the time, all the time. Roberto, I, we need your voice in this. We're going to have a conference about how we can fix school. Okay, I've got a lot of ideas. My first idea is burn the whole thing down. PPSD, just bring gas, make sure everybody's out and safe, light the whole thing on fire, start from scratch because this shit is so far broken that you're not going to, you don't like, there's not a tool to fix it right now. I've so said, that's crossed my mind, by the way, sometimes. Like, like to actually light that fire? No, no, not that, but like, just like, do we need to just like, close everything down or just start new, bring new schools in or what, what, do, what do we need to do? You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys about where I've taken that, where, like what my next recommendation is in just a second besides fire uh, quickly and then quickly go ahead. Uh, so uh, I don't know if any other school uh, like did this or like if uh, any other districts were involved, but I know my school had this happen too. So during PSATs and SATs, uh, I forgot what exactly it was, but some board of like people like old people that work in like uh education uh you know how you're supposed to leave for like the second half of school since it's like half a day of testing and then you get to leave mm -hmm. they changed it while uh, everyone was testing to make it a full day and so uh once we finished testing we were told you have to go to your final two classes i believe 
and everyone was upset about it, even the teachers, because the whole thing of leaving after the end of testing was changed by a group of old people that don't even know what's going inside of testing and students, but they have to go through with it or else they get punished. It's interesting when people who aren't there to see what happens during the day, you know what I mean, are going to be the ones to make those decisions. Uh, when you said uh, about burning Providence Public School District on fire, not literally, yeah. but uh, <laughs> uh, Central Falls did something similar. You know about how they yeah. fired every teacher. You yeah. feel like doing that would be an effective solution? Yes. Yes, because... Because the teachers that I the teachers that I was talking about, the teachers that I've seen be harmful to students, and you don't have to just say an N-word. So it's not just enough of those teachers that I've seen who freely use that word, but it's in so many other ways that teachers are harmful to students. Think about the teachers that have been harmful to you. So yes, I think one, they're protected by a contract. They have this contract that's so solid that they get all of these sick days and they're expected to use them, right? And that's what we talked about earlier. We talked earlier about like the, the accountability for teachers using those sick days. There's far less accountability than there is for you. It's going to directly impact your grade and them, they're still going to get paid for missing a day. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's a big difference. Um, so yes, I think that's something that needs to happen because if you do that, then you can say, okay, this teacher who we know calls kids the N word, right? Because again, don't forget, we all knew who that teacher was. We all knew who they were talking about. But now we can do something about it because if we ripped up all the contracts, I don't have to bring her back. I can start with new contracts and I know that's something they did here. But your teachers who know that they're in a much better place now, what they don't want to say, what they don't want to say is that they don't want to say that it was a good thing that happened because they know that it did traumatize a lot of people who are worried about their job status moving forward. Security. So it is a hard thing. I know it doesn't affect me directly. We're talking about old people. I'm an old person who it doesn't affect directly. So I know it's real easy for me to say that. But here's what I want to say, right? When I start talking about bringing my son to East Providence and stuff, when I start talking about I'm not going to live with my family anymore, so I don't really care about grades. I just want you to be okay. And guess what? That methodology, his grades have never been better. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I stopped being hard on him about grades and I just started being easy with him and trying to be nice. And his grades have actually gotten better. I'm wondering... I'm wondering if instead of finding ways to get Enrique Sanchez out of the classroom, who he's here telling you that he just wants to be a mentor. I'm wondering if that's the first people that we should be hiring. Let me give you a really quick example. And I'm going to wrap this point up. We're going to wrap up this podcast. When I first started Steambox, before we were even in a different place and had the name Steambox, we had a teacher teaching MLL. She was a multilingual teacher. She was teaching English. Uh, to uh, Spanish students, and she was teaching Spanish, the English, all that stuff. But nobody was really going to that class. Nobody. So when I took over that place, I said, okay, uh, she seems great. She seems really nice. She's 70 years old and white and blah, blah, blah. But I'm sorry, I don't I don't need your services. And she's like, what? I'm so experienced, blah, blah, blah. How are you going to hire somebody else like me? I'm like, I'm not going to hire somebody else like you, right? Like, um, we're getting zero students going to you too sometimes we'd get like two students i remember his name kennedy was one of uh so i said to the students i said all right if you weren't going to that class what's going to make you go to this class so i had the students write the job description with me i had the students pick out which candidates from the resumes that we got back and i had the students interview person do you think they hired a 70 year old white teacher no no, no. they hired a 20 year old dominican from johnson and wales 
Zero teaching experience. Do you know how many kids came to that program? Tons. That program was full. That program had more people than we had seats because they liked her. They enjoyed her. Is she as qualified as the other teacher? No, she's not as qualified as the other teacher. Does it matter? Right? Like, it doesn't matter. The other teacher could be qualified all day long if she's not teaching anybody shit. But by bringing this person in... So here's my point, and I'm sorry that it was so long, but what do you guys think? I'm wondering if we just say, all right, well, in Providence anyway, the, the grades are so bad, all the, the testing is so bad, why don't we just start from scratch and um, stop with, like, the, the academic... The academic struggle, the academic pressure. What if we start with wellness people in the classrooms? Wellness first. What if we put wellness first and then, you know, chemistry and calculus second? You know what I'm saying? Because I honestly think that we can do both. I think we can get there if we lead with one. But I know that some of the schools that I've been in have not done great for us emotionally. So I want to, uh, one, one more question for you guys. If you guys can think back to middle school, can you tell me, if it was mentally beneficial for you in your middle school environment or if it was mentally harmful for you in your middle school environment? I wouldn't say it was the, well, it was the environment because the people I was friends with really made my mental, like, wellness not good and I would go do bad things or, like, I wasn't the best influence because I was trying to fit in. And the calc. I'm not gonna say that. The school um, was not the best, especially including the environment. But now going, like I went there this year, and they upgraded like the whole school, and it looks a lot better. Like the environment looks healthier for no reason. Like maybe it was just my class, but or like my people that I was with. But that school just looks better now that they upgraded their surroundings. So you would say negative. Mm -hmm. Uh, middle school, positive or negative impact on you? Both, because the students, the uh, my friends, hugely positive, because it's just something to look forward to every day. Mm -hmm. The environment, otherwise, hello, Calcutta was, oh my god, New Calcutta's fine. Calcutta back then was really ghetto and really dangerous, and there was like fights every two days or whatever. Oh yeah, like rope just countered. It was just the yeah. last time than now. It's worse. Now. Well, the students are worse now. But yeah. it's getting upgraded more and more. Yeah, that's wrong. The building. Middle school. Middle school. Positive impact or negative impact for you? Who else? Melanie, what do you think? Um, so when I was in middle school, I had like no friends, right? And so... You're like the like, most popular person I know. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I had no friends. So I was like really not doing so good. But then I met, met these people. Okay. You were more popular than me in Japan, and I paid for the whole freaking trip. I don't know. What do you mean? I mean, everybody, lo everybody loves Melanie. I, but, yeah, you had a different experience in middle school. One more? Middle school? I don't remember middle school. Isaiah, what do you think? What was middle school like for you? I feel like it was, like, too plain back then. Plain. You know, like what Eli said. No, I don't know what Eli said. What was it like for you? Plain. What else? Like there were a lot of fights back then. Uh, interesting. I also heard that yeah. word. All right. All right. I'm going to let you off the hook. It is sneaky cheeky. Did. Cool. Uh, I don't want to. I, I feel like I'm dragging this out at this point. I don't want to drag it out anymore. Um, 
I know that we've had some emotional conversations in the past few weeks. And I know that some of us, when I asked the questions that we, even if we talked about it or if we didn't talk about it, I know some of us have had some thoughts about those. Um, but two questions and then, and then we're out. Uh, question for you. Everything, uh, things get so much better. And sometimes they get worse before they get better. But there's going to be another moment. It's going to happen. There's going to be one more moment. There's going to be another moment where you're having a dark moment. I'm sorry to tell you that. I'm telling you also there's going to be so many more beautiful moments that you're so happy to be here for. But in that next dark, next time you have a moment that's difficult, what do you need? What would help you in that dark moment? Myself. I, I, I'm fine whenever I'm in my dark times. It's just that I, I struggle in getting out of it. Cause I know once I get back to being good, I, I'm going to eventually be back in the darkness. Wait, what are you going to loop back to the darkness? That's what I've been. I, I, it's, it's, I've been self-sabotaging myself, even if I didn't mean to. Interesting. Were you gonna... I do understand what what he's saying. Like sometimes it's gonna be like ten ten events, and sometimes it's gonna be six, and you're gonna be falling back into that. But what I would encourage is like everyone to learn learn these coping strategies. Like when you find yourself getting to that spot, like being able to identify the signs that oh this is gonna happen, and before you get to like four, you're out of one, and you're able to like employ like certain techniques that you can bring yourself see i do that but like i do it in the most unhealthiest way um do you guys get the program offered here for planet fitness to go to the yes go to the gym please go to the gym and and do cardio work out like it it might not be like it may not be the most effective uh, mechanism right to in order to prevent the mental health issue but I recommend, I recommend and I, and I, and I think it's, I think we should do that all year round. I don't think we should do it summer. Like I, I, we should regulate planet fitness. To this I'm just kidding. You know, but like it should be opportunities. What, what he's saying is it's not only the obvious benefits, but there's a chemical that unleashes in your brains that, that does create wellness. Um, other strategies. Can you give me like what, what's one exercise that all of our listeners can do that if we get into a dark spot tonight, we'll remember that. Kimberly Campbell said, try this. So for me, I'm not sure if everyone loves music. Like, what is something that you truly, truly like? It could be music. It could be drawing. It could be a video game. Like, just even sitting in silence, but not for too long. Or just finding, like, someone you can go to. And for me, I definitely like to calm down as an NNL sit in silence. And I'm a huge Marvel or comedy fan, so I definitely watch, like, shows in the end so if you love music like kind of like that's artist that you love or a friend that you can turn to. i'm not sure if you're into video games i play yeah. video. uh roberto i hope you've like understood the word more but i've done it so much to an extent that uh maladaptive daydreaming is my association of derealization and so i've associated to derealize myself and dissociate Whenever I feel like anything traumatic may happen to me. Since you're using big words like that, uh, as we wrap up, I want to point out that Central Falls has been amazing. Uh, it's been one of my favorite places to ever work. I love this group. I love working with this group. So proud of the work that we do. 
so happy to be number one in the world again. Your counterparts at a different school um, have, instead of Joyful Rebellion, they have on Salami. And this podcast is about love and romance. And what you're talking about right now, when you're talking about uh, self-identifying and self-diagnosing, they had a podcast, again, with a professional on to talk about what dating is like for the neurodivergent, which means people who think differently because of ADHD or because of autism or because of anxiety or because of any one of these things. And I want to encourage not just the people in this room, but our audience at home as well to look for that podcast. It's on also Steambox Versus. It's uh, Mangukon Salami. Kimberly, uh, we're sharing this number. We've got 988. It's the suicide number that you can call or text. Also, you can chat 988lifeline.org. Any other references, any other things that you want to point out to our audience? For me, everyone, just letting you know that life, there's no such thing as an easy life. So you're going to be trials, tribulations, and things that you are going to face. Because even at this age, I'm sitting here, I'm looking happy, like, just there was an accident. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late. I want to turn around. And I, and I got really upset. But then I thought about the positive side. I'm coming here just to make a difference even if it's just for five minutes so just finding that one small piece in life that you can look forward to if it's at the end of the week or at the end of the day just really finding that special moment in your life and just using that just to carry you forward if you guys need more words of inspiration look up uh miss petite new england look up state representative enrique sanchez please give it up for our uh guest today thank you so much this has been the season finale this has been the season finale of Joyful Rebellion. Uh, Warriors, thank you so much. It's been a great season. Uh, it's an honor to serve you. Warriors, please say peace out. Peace, peace out. out.